In the wake of World War II, the government is engaged in a large number of secret medical experiments designed to help win the Cold War. Developing techniques for mind control to create a so-called Manchurian candidate. What is the extent of these brainwashing?
the end of Mission Impossible. Warmed up here, man.
go away, 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 go away. Greetings, the name of the Most High. I have uh, a little uh, word for you out of Psalm 77. And I I think we need to remember remember this. Uh, uh, Please uh, do not delay down. Has God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? And I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I'll remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember the wonders of old. I will meditate also on all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? And so... The idea there is when you feel like, you know, things aren't happening when we, when we sometimes, you know, we just lose faith and, oh, not this, oh, not another time, oh, not that, you know. And then the, 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 the key there to not blowing it is, uh, I think, once again, we've gotten that great wisdom is to remember the things God has done. Remember how many times you prayed, how many how many uh, blessings have been miracles that you didn't even tell people anymore. It's a miracle, right? It wasn't even that impressive anymore because it's because there were so many blessings. And then when there's a dry period where it feels like, you know, these things are happening one one after the other, piling up, and you know, and it's it's you know, and this was a psalm of Asaph and. And also David has, um, you know, oftentimes will cry out to the Lord and say, have you forgotten me? Do you want me to die? <laughs> are you going to leave me here? I'm surrounded by the enemy. Lord, what are you going to do? And, um, you know, it goes like that. So the key there is in the remembrance and the praising of the Lord for those things that have happened that were amazing miracles. And then it makes us look like a bunch of crybabies, right? But still... Better that than losing faith, yeah? So we look a bit like crybabies in the sense that, um, you know, we're complaining that, you know, something isn't being done or being surrounded by the enemy or something's happening. And has God forgotten us? And the answer is, well, if you look back on all the things that God has done, then, you know, all the things that you prayed for that uh, came to you in spectacular fashion, um you'd have to say, well, Lord, I will remember your works and praise you for your works and the things you've done and the all the things that I remember that, that I witnessed that you've done for me and all the um, times it looked like we were heading down the tubes and then you saved me. And then I will be grateful and I will be glad and I will praise you. 
because of just remembering those things have brought me into faith and um, into patience. The other thing is, you know, we a lot of things we complain about are, um, you know, persecution. And there's just no way that... Um, there's a lot to talk about today, but there's just, there's no way that, uh, uh, you know, we, if you belong to God, if you follow Jesus and him only to you, I mean, you're deep into it. Even if you don't tell anybody, there's persecution. Even if you don't really go out there and witness or say anything, there's persecution. And it comes because Satan's in the air, <laughs> following you, you know. And a lot of, I'm being gangstuck. Yeah, you're being followed anyway, whether you know it or not. You're always being followed by Satan. You're always being tracked. Always looking for, for an angle to trip you up. Uh, when the other guy doesn't get tripped up, they go, I didn't even get a parking ticket. And, you know, look at you. They're going to confiscate your car for nothing you did. You're getting in trouble for stuff you didn't even do. And... um and you go, yes, because I follow Jesus. You know, and yes, I'm also blessed because I follow Jesus. But I'm also, you know, persecuted on every side because of following Jesus, because of the fact that um my um <clears throat> provision, my 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 circumstances, my um redress, anything that I need goes directly to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I don't really you know, ask for forgiveness from, you know, man or, you know, I don't put up with man's folly or, you know, play a game to try to get um, things straight. And, of course, you know, but that's not the only reason there's persecution. I mean, there's persecution because of the fact that um, you're not following the you know, the playbook. Look at all the things that happened to the anti-vaxxers. They prove the case over and over and over and over and over. It's kind of like a mini and yet being persecuted everywhere, and they wish they could persecute a lot more, but a lot of these people were praying to God, to Christians, and they're praying, and they're praying to Jesus. They're saying in Jesus' name, please, please help us escape this persecution of losing our livelihood because we're trying to save people, losing our livelihood because we're pointing out the dangers of, you know, you know this, this, these shots that are obviously meant to kill and meant to call the population, and also meant to, um, you know, hardwire people for AI, you know, to start pre-wiring them, so that evil antichrist types like Bill Gates can, you know, control you, which is just, you know, the ultimate <laughs> abomination. And would God save us from that? Well, hard <laughs> right, he'll save us from that. That is not the kind of thing that the Lord... Um, wants us to uh, uh, engage in, right? Destroying our immune systems, destroying our um, electrical body systems, uh, having uh, you know, enemies spike certain amounts of this, of their bioweapon, uh, you, you know, gene therapy uh, to target people in places like Texas and other places where they say that some of these batches are contaminated down there, but not in blue states. So it becomes this political thing. Yeah, well, you know, that's right. The What you conclude from that is that anything blue is for eugenics, right? 
Blue is eugenics. Blue is the mad scientist. Blue is Bill Gates. Blue is George Soros. Everything that you see coming at you, blue is World War III, is blue. You have nothing to do with any of that. I mean, you know, if, even if you're not a voter, it doesn't matter. It's blue means, in general, like a blue political party, generally means evil. Generally. It doesn't, I mean, not in every case, but I'm just saying, in general, you're talking wars, rumors of wars, uh, the final solution of Adolf Hitler, you know, you know, culling 90% of the population. You know, you'd also see, you know, red in terms of, you know, these so-called establishment Republicans, but it's all really blue. Red, I don't know how it actually got turned around because red used to be for communism, but let's just say uh, the left-handed path versus the right-handed path. So the left-handed path has always been Satan. Like in every country on the earth, they know that. And the right-handed path has always been the righteous path of self-sacrifice and uh, care for others and, you know, um, building of communities and things like that. And the left-handed path has always been about, you know, materialism, selfishness, um, and, you know, uh, overt, you know, do what thou wilt. It's always stood for a satanic, or if you like, a tantric or satanic way. And, you know, I mean, in very general terms. I mean, it kind of makes sense. And then if you're following the Lord and you don't need, you've been sort of weaned off a lot of the socializing and the fraternizing and, you know, the, you know drugs and, and, you know, orgies and, you know, all these self-fulfilling selfishness things, uh, you know, to where it's all about you and how you feel and how the group perceives you. And how you are, you know, free uh, in that in that context. Um, <clears throat> that is the illusion of the lie that you could be free here and do what you want and ascend. And the answer, of course, is that none of these people will ascend. None of the Baphomet Masons are ascending. Nobody has ascended, and nobody will ascend. If anyone's going to ascend, it's going to be Elon Musk ascending in his. It is Starship, which he's getting ready to launch, which is a joke. Not the Starship, not Elon, but I mean, it's a joke, meaning, you know, that's not the ascent they're looking for. They're looking for eternal life. And they're not going to get eternal life because, you know, um, th- th- that's not part of the equation. So they want to beat it through machines, just like, you know, Terminator. They want to beat it through the singularity. And the singularity uh, means they lose who they were, and even Klaus Schwab admits you'll become someone else. Well, right, in other words, you, you die. That's all. You die, you know, a robot version of you, yes, but, but you die. And they're about to convince themselves to go, that's the folly of man. They're about to convince themselves to go ahead and die, it still will be you in some form, so it's cool. And, of course, it's ludicrous. And it's as ludicrous as, uh, you know, things I've seen justifying cloning. And, you know, the clone may be nice and may be a reasonable facsimile and may have a lot of the same traits and things, but a clone is not you. It's, it's someone else. You know, it's you in another form, but not with your... Oh, yes, I know they want to put all the memories and all the experiences 
into that clone. Well, it's like uh, Keanu Reeves' movie that he executive produced called Replicas, where he replicates his family because he misses them so bad, and he makes it so all their experiences go with them. And they're, they're a great copy. No one's denying that. They're a great copy. But they're not the same thing. It's like the guy gets a robot. They program that robot for every desire. And that's his new wife, let's say. And, you know, probably for a while it, it will be just like, oh my God, this is the ultimate wife and I'm having the greatest time. And then eventually, though, that the, the, there'll be the realization that this man is alone or woman, whichever, is alone, only fooling themselves. Then it goes further in, say, you know, understanding metaphysics, understanding, um, you know, what the universe is, understanding, you know, even more. We get to the point where we surround ourselves with all these things, but we really end up realizing that, you know what, despite all these things we've surrounded ourselves with, we really are alone. We really, at the end of the day, are alone, even though we're so close to our loved ones and we like to talk to them and we like to, you know, we like to, uh, you know, usually just battle off all the negativity and all the things trying to keep us down and keep us from producing anything and keep us from being successful and keep us from being able to, to just, you know, you know, be, just exist. And, uh, you know, and certainly that's unfair. Right, but everyone gets that. It's just that the world has this illusion you could jump into to, to to think you're all right. I saw this guy. He was, uh, he's still kicking. Good for him, you know. But he's, um, he uh, what are the painter? He became a painter, and he became a very good like a you know he sort of heads up the plein air painting in California. And he he used to be the head of our carpool going to school. And sometimes he, we'd ditch out and go surfing. He was a really cool guy. But anyway, he's a you know, very successful painter. Painting sell for lots of money and it's celebrated everywhere. And, and I'm, I'm jumping to a different subject. I think you'll find this very interesting. But when I was really, you know, really, well, pretty much at the end of my rope, I mean, I'd already been through, you know, the whole psychiatrist and all that and everything else. And so as a Hail Mary, I think my parents convinced him to take me to this event in Costa Mesa, which was a, uh, and I think he'll remember this, because I've always had this question to ask him. And I think his, his, his wife cut me off from talking to him. I was, I was just trying to, oh, it doesn't matter. I, I was rejected. Eventually. But I went to this thing because he was talking about how he'd improved so much and he, you know, he couldn't believe how well he was doing now that he had met Jesus in Costa Mesa. And he went, you know, it was the uh, the movie that's out right now with Kelsey Grammer, you know, about Chuck Smith and the Calvary Chapel. And I have to weigh in on that. Right? After all the years... I've talked about the horrors of having gone there and, and Trish and I both being witnesses, not just me, but her as well, having the same testimony as me. And, um, you know, how we went there and they, you know, it was a big crowded tent. 
you know, revival kind of thing with, you know, band on stage and, you know, everyone wearing like a sort of black suit with a black tie, you know, like looking like the Blues Brothers. And then eventually uh, having an altar call. And I was so desperate, and I was so lost. I went up to the altar. I think they touched our heads or they did something. They wanted us to call some 800 number. You know, they were definitely recruiting people. But, you know, or I would tell my friend that night, for whatever reason, nothing happened. I did not feel the Holy Spirit. A Chuck, <laughs> I know he's gone. I didn't feel the Holy Spirit. I wanted to so desperately change my circumstances, and they tried that, and then they tried sending me to this this cult thing and uh, run by the CIA in Santa Barbara, which uh, was basically an experiment. And they put me in that program. Um, you give all your worldly possessions to them, and then you sort of work in these fields, and they eventually appoint you a wife, and you have a you work at a bakery. But it's all Jim Jones stuff, okay? Same, you know what I mean? It's all like Waco, and, and uh, so that I could see through that. That was a sham. And um, but anyway, I had to escape actually. I thought they were going to kill me. <laughs> but anyway, I always thought back in that Chuck Smith thing, especially now that um, this movie is doing so well. And it's gross, you know, $40 million for Lionsgate. They're going, well, this is the best movie we've had in a while. You know, that tapping into that Christian audience. But, you know, and now we have at the very forefront, Calvary Chapel of all things. You know, who, who who basically threatened to kidnap and kill me at one point. But I didn't do anything wrong. I just went there, you know. It's one of those Saturday prayer, men's group prayer meetings, you know, suddenly called. And then uh, somehow I, you know, the Lord told me what was going on and gave me the words. And I started complimenting them, you know, threw them off guard, you know, how much I loved them and how great it was to have this prayer meeting. And I was able to slip out and get into my, at that point I had a motorcycle. I was able to get on that bike and get the hell out of there. Yeah, Calvary Chapel. What great memories. I think they took that loser pastor and they sent him up somewhere. He's in exile up in, you know, the Seattle Island somewhere, you know, over the sound far away. And uh, uh, it was incredible, incredible. Uh, the outed FBI agent uh, that I outed from the Lord gave me a, a word. I had a word on it. I said to the pastor, this guy's an FBI agent. He's keeping track of everyone. The next thing you know, the guy's gone. Same thing, Calvary Chapel. Chuck Smith. Then on top of that, I mean, this is why I was called to talk about it. A friend of ours, a guy I actually ended up giving the motorcycle to as a... Uh, as a gift, because I just, uh, Lord told me I didn't have to ride anymore. I'm like, oh, thank God. Thank God I don't have to ride this bike anymore. You know? And it's just every little thing could, could throw you. You know, I was always amazed that I was able to stay up on my feet, keep going, but only by the grace of God, and only by his favor on me. You know what I mean? Because every day was almost like tempting the Lord, you know?
you know, gravel or grease, and he there goes the bike. It's a heavy, big bike, so it's an Indian chief, yeah. So anyway, and this guy lived on a property. They put him there. On Chuck Smith had these this properties, and I don't know what they were. They're giant properties. A guy had apparently willed, given a gift to the church of these about $5 million in real estate. Nothing to sneeze at, right? And um, turned out the title wasn't clear. I guess he really did, hadn't paid for it. Or he didn't really own, own it, but he gave it to the church. He had some ownership, but it was a cloudy title. So our friend was living there, and the lawyers would come over. There'd be like five lawyers at a time. And they gave him books on Chuck Smith and, you know what I mean, and the whole, the whole, you know, the Chuck Smith written book, What is a Grace Changes Everything, and all those kind of books. And then he told me, he said, well, what happened is what the lawyers were doing is they ended up suing in court to get the property and clear the title. And someone left ended up holding the bag. In other words, they weren't quite paid for, but they did some maneuver in court where they got all the property and then they were going to build condos on there uh that was the church business to build condos now and they got the uh, property through you know illicit means in other words through the means of um you know the the fact that the, the title wasn't clear. the people who gave the property did not quite own it properly now here's what i would have done i would have said then that gift doesn't count we don't accept the gift you know, if you want to give us something, then you make sure that you own it or have a clear title, and then you give it, and I, that's as far as it goes. Isn't that right, folks? Is that what you do? <laughs> Not Chuck. <laughs> nope. And then he got into all into the hippie thing, and then he eventually got into the surfer group because the hippies kind of became the surfers. Then they had kids. That became the next generation, and they became the kind of like... Nazi Christians, in a way. Yeah, they're, they're very... Uh, I can't even explain it, what I mean by that, but you'd have to... Very didactic, you know, when they go through the their interpretation of the word. Of da, 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 you know. I went there, I went... Well, I know where I speak. I went there to, uh, to a Bible school, and I got bored with it, but I, I was a straight-A student. But it was not hard to be straight-A. That was, that was the thing about it. It's just you had to be wrote. Pre-trib rapture all the way, baby. Or you're going to go into counseling. You know, it's like that mind control thing. You know what I mean? It's like probably, I just always thought Chuck was like CIA. I always did because of all the spies he had there. And, you know, it was not a clean organization and it isn't now. Uh, and what do you got? That guy Frisbee and some of these other people were like, you know, uh, the founders and the actor, you know, Greg Lurie. And, that was funny. When I went to Maui, they put they put a Calvary Chapel in Maui, too. When I went to Maui, um, I saw one. They had a nice Calvary Chapel there in uh, Kihei, over by Wailea, on that uh, sunny side of the island. Right? On the sunny side, on the uh, desert side. Um, and... Uh, you know, like, it looks very inviting, and, you know, sure, it, it, but 
you know, they're not going to tolerate any different people. I imagine, I imagine they're rolling down. I wonder what's going to happen when they finally uh, get, you know, meet the, you know, finally the, the, the trans community, you know, leftists versus them, if it ever comes down to that or what they have to say. They used to do a lot of lecturing against homosexuality at the pulpit. On and on and on. And, you know, and then you realize a lot of them were in that lifestyle and then are trying to, you know, go the other way. So, you know, I understand that. I understand whatever they're doing. You know, that's fine. One time Trish and I went in there, I said, yeah, this was about the last straw besides when I wrote my book, Lamb. And they read, they took a, a, a read of that and that was the end of it. You know, we were either, you know, stay there, you're dead, if you, you know, or leave. But um, how they all, you know, like the, there was like the 1600s, they all turned their backs on us as we walked in and we started laughing. And I, I mentioned this several times on the air here, but uh, I only mention it just to show the spirit of a thing. It really was a problem. It really was a threat. There really were agents there. There really were spies there. And the, I, I don't think anything's changed. Costa Mesa still, like, if you want to have one of these churches, they'll come out and check you out. And they'll make sure that you know. You know what I mean? They're watching you. Anyway, and it gets it gets worse. I mean, there's muscle there. There's also, you know, there's also, a, you know, a, a pedophile connection in, within that, or there was in the church that, that I perceived, I think it was you know, not necessarily with young kids, but there was a, a thing about, this kid was telling me about his youth group. We were driving, and we give, were giving him a ride, and uh, he was telling us about some of the things they were doing, and um, we just told him, you know, that's, you know, that's definitely off limits, and uh, don't, maybe don't go back there. Yeah, so we, you know, and then at the same time, we were being you know, ushered out as well. And it's funny, when we did work there, we did we cleaned toilets, we did janitorial work. We did the lowest work there was, but there was no appreciation for that. No, that's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, and then blamed us if the coffers were going down. And the funny thing is, we never interacted. We just, like, did the Bible and sung some songs, whatever, and left. And, uh, at one point, I had called one of the people in the band, and I was just like, how come this is... He goes, look, I don't want any trouble. I'm just trying to, like, you know, just have a calm life. You know, please leave me alone. This was a band member. I'm like, with that kind of... Oh, there was another thing. I, I did audition for this one band. And so he calls the pastor over there at this other church where I was. And the next thing you know, when it was time for me to come into the first rehearsal because I, I won the you know the slot come into the first rehearsal the whole band area was closed off and locked and I said what did you do and he goes well he called me so I told him you weren't ready I'm like oh I thank you for running my life well that's one band that won't be successful and they never were so it did save me the hassle I'm saying that's the kind of persecution inside the church. All of it was satanic. None of it was of Jesus. None of it 
Greg Lurie too. He's, I, you know, funny. I wound up with his car in Maui. You know, I got a car, and so Greg Lurie had left some stuff in there, and I saw that he was. Uh, yeah, the, I was just being reminded that this guy is. There's just something wrong. With you know, I mean, there's there, again something weird, some weird thing that Lord wanted to point out, mainly to keep us from going back or from you know deciding it was all our fault. You know that that, that didn't work out. It's it's our fault. So we are so filled with pride and arrogance. We can't, you know, we can't take simple instruction. But that wasn't it. That wasn't it at all. Okay. Trish is talking to Trish. Huh? It's your birthday today. I know. Happy birthday, Trish. I love you. Uh, you have really been on quite a journey, or we have. Yeah. But, but what I what I was going to say though is that uh, Calvary Chapel experience here now. That's the highest grossing movie out there. Kelsey Grammer playing the part of Chuck Smith. And what a great organization. I mean, don't you want Jesus? And the guy that plays Jesus in The Chosen, you know, the perfect, uh, you know, Jewish-looking Jesus for once, <laughs> you know, is the lead, is the lead role in, uh, in this movie set in the 70s. And it's a it's a it's a leading the Jesus movement of the revival. What kind of revival is it? Don't tell me we're going to do another fake revival, please, folks. Please, this just just nuke us. You know we don't deserve it. Not with these clowns trying to run it. All right, Lord. I mean, is there? I know that my voice, but the people are not going to hear me. Not in my own country, they don't. But always accurate, usually. If not, I'll say it. <laughs> so there is something there. I mean, there is definitely a big thing there because I, because the way what the Lord let us see, I was supposed to warn about it, and it has not changed since we were there back in you know so long ago. Nothing has changed. It's the same thing. So I guess that's my job, is to point out that, you know, and most of these organizations, these 501c3 churches, are phony. In the sense that, you know, when I, when I say phony, I mean that the organization takes on... Ah, it's hard to explain. It has the form and function. But, you know, that first day when I was, you know, a teenager, when my friend took me down to that tent revival in Costa Mesa, led by Chuck Smith, this was the very beginning of that entire movement, you know, in the early 70s, I, I was, uh, I, I found nothing, nothing I desperately needed. I got nothing I got, you know, literature, an 800 number, call that number, you know, we'll send you a Bible, come meet with us, come talk to us. I felt sick to my stomach. I, I should have told Peter, my friend, I, you know, nothing happened, Peter.
Nothing happened to me. He said he's... He really got straightened up on a lot of things. And there you go, and I was so sad. I, you know, there was no Jesus for me. No, they're there for me. No miraculous uh, change. I was desperately on my way to suicide, on my way to, you know, incarcerations and mental hospitals and suicides and all kinds of stuff. But there was no Jesus there for me. Why not? And I've thought about this a long time. And, you know, this guy eventually cut me off. We were were neighborhood friends. He's been about four years older than me. I guess he... And he's done some, you know, some serious art installations with, you know, the state of Israel and, you know, all kinds of stuff that's about Jesus and all kinds of things because he's been in that uh, category. But I'm not allowed to talk to him. I guess. The Zephyr report is too offensive. I guess. You know, that sort of thing's not going to be allowed in Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. So I guess what we have is this, you know, snob kind of gatekeeper painter guy who's, right, who's guarding the gates of Christianity to keep people like me from it. I mean, it's almost what it turned out to be in the end. And, you know, gosh, there was just no chance. There was just no chance, you know, as willing as I was to do anything to change my circumstances, there was just no chance. None. No help for me. Oh, with others, yes, but not me. For what? Why? What did I do? And thus began the journey of eventually figuring out that, oh... I'm no good because I don't worship Satan. There's something that's impossible to to, to get your head around. But makes you feel really bad. Real bad. Like you'll never, ever be accepted. You'll never be healed. It'll never be okay. It's always going to be impossible. And you should have gone the way your daughter went. At least she got it done. And they live with that every day, and then you know, without with no hope. And that's kind of like you know, the, the just the the message of over time, and now coming you know, in you know, in again, the beautiful, amazing story of Chuck Smith and the and the Jesus hippies, the Jesus movement among the hippies, and how wonderful they are. But they weren't wonderful. They weren't, you know, cool. It wasn't good. It was bad. And they really didn't make any difference. The world's in worse shape now than it ever has been. More divided now than it ever has been. 
but like every group, they blame the outside world. And it's like, well, that's Satan working, trying to make sure we don't have a better world. Trying to make sure we have division. And I've tried to think over all these years about, you know, you know, Gerard Depardieu over there, my friend, you know, leading the orchestra, and I wound up in the field somewhere, you know, alone. But am I alone? No. Is this man alone? Oh, yes. He's, of course, alone because he's living with a secret. He's living with a secret he knows damn well that I know that he knows that I know. So there is, it's already out, exposed to the Lord. But he can't acknowledge it because he wouldn't want to give up his beautiful lifestyle. And it's come to that, probably. Now we have this little revival of this movie. And I'm sure that brought back memories to him. He was all into it. Oh, what if you could do anything to belong? You know, join the church, do this, do that. The, the glee club. The... But now you're a troubled soul. And because you're troubled, because you've got some problem, we, we just can't, you just got to drop that trouble and just, you know, but, you, but that you're troubled, I see it. So you're isolated. You're an island. Because you're troubled. But I'm troubled because I'm being abused. But by whom? By what? By breathing. <laughs> by existing. We can't have that around here. And so they do discriminate, folks. I mean, they do, they do, you know, the, the, the wrong kind of people, right? They, they will deny Jesus to heroin addicts or, you know, to people that, you know, to biker gangs or whatever, even though they offered them to hippies. And I've seen that happen too. That's disgusting. It's hard. No Jesus for the people that need Jesus, but Jesus for all you volunteers. You get Jesus, but not them over there. Not this guy over here, not Zeph. You, you good people. You nice middle-of-the-road people. That's what we like. Right? Hippies were mainly sort of middle-class white families, right? By and large. So that demographic, they can be saved because they can be controlled. But not, not you, not you, not you, not you weirdos. <clears throat> and so God hates that. God hates that. And yet, uh, the solidarity of the collective becomes the important thing in these organizations. Not just Calvary Chapel, but all of them. It's that collectiveness. You know, when there's a funeral, now everybody gets on their surfboards and because Chuck surf, they all get out there on a surfboard and they have a worship session. Isn't that cool? Well, certain people are allowed. And others aren't. 
And those that aren't, they hush it, hush it up. Hush it up. This is a homogeneous community. Doors open to everyone. And the meanness of, like, the kinds of rejection we went through, the bad rejection, all these other things, where there's intervention to make sure that we, you know, nobody helps us with anything. All of that opposition. Uh, there's also a, a demeanor in the people doing the rejecting, in the people who are doing the setups and the gaslighting. All of that was met with great, great hostility, almost a militant hostility. How dare you even bother me with you? How dare you even show up here? Don't you know better? Go back under your rock somewhere, wherever it is. That's the epitome of the Calvary Chapel. The epitome is not Jesus. You know, it's, you know, here's the right interpretation of Scripture. Learn that. Well, I have a question. Well, no, you shouldn't have a question. This is Zig Heil time all the way down the line. So you got to treat people like that, huh? Then if they say anything, you know, I don't care what they say about me, so I can do it. You know, they, well, that person's, you know, an exception, or that incident wasn't, you know, that was, we were right, they were wrong. And they explain it all away. But they keep their homogenized little milky toast, white bread, you know, church going. You know, the sort of polite look the other way on it stuff. And, um, nah, just the, uh, I knew I had to talk about this today, the success of this. And then I had seen, somehow I'd seen my old friend and his, all he already had for sale, and, you know, $12,800 this and $35,000 that, and, you know, 80 grand this and 90 grand that. And, you know, I'm like, wow, obviously a multimillionaire artist. Well, good for him. Great. What do I care? I like people being successful. I'm not that jealous type like that. Unless they stole something from me. And then even then, the Lord works on me. Yeah, let it go. Forgiveness. Let it go. But, isn't it a small world how just going from childhood and that first experience and now all the way around with this Kelsey Grammer playing. And Kelsey Grammer, I mean, I, I don't know what to think of him. You know, I, I, you know, she's, uh, just don't know. Not sure. I guess he's the token Christian in Hollywood. Because they put up with him and John Voight and a couple others, Kirk Cameron. And I, I, you know, I know that I'm not allowed in their churches. Well, the main reason is because I prophesy. On occasion, I can't help it. It just comes out. They don't want that. Not until you're approved of and vetted. Scrutinized if you've shown yourself worthy 
I see. You become a member and you learn how to play the game and then you get to prophesy. Oh, how, how holy you are. Just almost bent out of shape here with anger. It's not my anger, though. There's just, there's just a outrage because there's such a need. Anyway, they're making money now, baby. They're making money now. They're going to go on another run. More success. More money. More power. More discrimination. More hatred. More rules. More rejection. More didactic interpretation of scriptures. More mind control. How do you get everyone to turn around in unison like that when you walk into the church? You have to rehearse it, right? Or it's hive mind. Okay, more of that. I guess the pinnacle is when I was at the uh, World Wide Web store in 2002. And there's a guy there that was going to the Calvary Chapel. And I went to pray with him. And he couldn't because they were listening in the spirit. And so if he prayed with me, they would know it and he'd get in trouble. Why would it be me in trouble? Because I'm not condoning, because I make a stand against basically selling up to Satan, you know, so that you could be a good Christian. In other words, what they want you to do is to to sell out to the devil, you know, to be an accepted member of society. And then they want you to repent and come to Jesus in that order. But you never really lose the, you know, nod and wink of the, of the, you know, the, the ritualistic side of, you know, what we have to do to exist. You know, it's not your fault. God looks the other way. And so we go all the way back to the beginning now. All the way back to Adam and Eve. All the way back to the very beginning of, of everything. All the way back to the whole point of existence. Okay, I know you're getting excited, Ben. Huh? Don't climb on me. Good boy. Get over there. Get over there. Get over there. All right. So, so what's not acceptable? What's not really acceptable would be, you know, I guess Elijah, <laughs> Jesus, John the Baptist, or any of the congregations of old who were following the Lord and said, yeah, it's over. And they weren't sowing to the system. They were out of it. They were made separate by Jesus. Called the doctrine of separation, which they mangled in their theology books. <laughs> it really does mean spiritually separated from the world system, from the ownership of from the slavery. 
delivered by the by the, the, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, paid for. So when that happens to a person, you don't, you know, the idea is you go on a different system and you breathe different air and you use different energy and you're just not, the twain shall never meet with that other, you know, with the dragon, with the, with the world system, with what one has to do with the world system to survive. And all that is, it's, you know, <laughs> that's where your sexual blackmail comes in. That's where the whole thing gets started back when, you know, that's why there was, quote, grooming, what word they hate, but that's all about sexualizing kids to get, you know, so they can, you know, live in the system. You know, learn to be, you know, good prostitutes, keep their mouths shut, they could go up the ladder. But that never gets exposed because if they were to repent for that, they'd have no money to put in the coffers every Friday. <laughs> There'll be no money to put in there. So they've got to keep them all on the path of Satan at the world system. And then they can be saved in Christ and learn all the buzzwords and learn to be didactic and learn to be, you know, militaristic about it all. But you know, keep that like that edge for that money coming in. So now the person's split right down the middle. Total split. But they're acceptable. And they're, they're welcomed. They take on leadership positions in the church. They lead all of us under Jesus. They lead us. They, they tell us what to do. They tell us what to think. They teach us how to interpret the scriptures. And they lead us. So long as we're conformed to the world. And lip service to Jesus. Once that changes, if people truly came out of her, the world system, the beast, they would not be acceptable then to the church, who is 51c3, because that's the same flesh, same lineage, same. There's no difference. And that's something everybody knows but most people just can't talk about it. They can't figure a way out to talk about it because they're trapped in it. And my answer to all of you is this, will it ever work out? Of course not. I don't care if billions have to die. No, it won't. It will never work out because that's you. You have to get your shit squared away. Make your decision. You're the only one that can, 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 can fix this problem, not me. You blame everybody in the world except you. You're the only one that can fix that. Whether you're Greg Lurie or Franklin Graham or any of these people, you're the only ones who can fix it. You say you want a revival, but you're not willing to actually step on that, you know, step out and do it yourself. How dare you judge me? I'm not judging you. I'm revelating. I'm revealing, not judging. (laughs) 
I think one of my sins here is I don't, maybe I don't care enough. You know, because I, <laughs> I see the damage. The world today is the damage that you Christians have caused. You so-called Christians. This is your world. Right? This is your result. And, and you're proud of it. You want to go and make that movie. You're basking in the success. I mean, this guy must be a multi-billionaire by now. The guy that played Jesus, I mean, with the Chosen and now this, he must be on cloud nine and his Jesus walk. Oh, yeah, baby. But there's... I'm not even sure these people are human anymore. You know why? Because they, they, they're so hostile and so mean to people of faith. I mean, the real people, the real people who are, you know, I guess are freaks. That um, and they're so adamant about, you know, you get with someone and follow their orders. And then in a couple of years, you'll be okay. And, you know, this, well, what are we training for, coach? Hey, coach, what are we training for? Follow, two years, I'll be okay after this strict training. Of what to say, not say, how not to be a, a, an animal, how to be a human. <laughs> Problem is, the collectiveness is not human. It's death. And you know that, because everybody jokes about it being death, right? But then, oh, no, no, but then you try to turn it around, like, oh, you know, you're at fault, you say. Or this guy, that the old friend, I'm the troubled soul. And he was fine, and he, he took me to Costa Mesa, dry as a, you know, as a dry lake bed in there. Unless you were a certain kind of spirit, obviously. <laughs> no, I'll never forget my experiences. I will not forget the way it is, the way it was, the way it is now, the way humanity is on the brink of total destruction. And it's Really, some of the blame has to go to the fake Christian church for leading people right off the cliff. Uh, no, I'm sorry. These people would be better with no leadership and no church and no, no, no revival to go to and no tent. So that's the, the rant today. I'm I'm sorry that it's so inverted from this world. I'm sorry it's so uh such a hard reality to understand.
But, uh, you know, Jesus, it's like he's, he's not going to compromise with you. He's not going to agree with your global plan. He's going to say, it's my plan, not yours. See, this was the hardest thing, I think, for people that are, you know, on the path, there are people that know the truth. Because Jesus is truth. And is literal truth. And so what they've decided is they're going to follow Satan and then have Jesus on top of it and try to spread their, you know, political Jesus all over the world to change the laws and get things back on the right track where they're in charge telling you how to think and what to do. You know, using the Bible as their guide, which they don't understand. Clearly from so many, I mean, I, I listen to all these these guys from back then. I mean, all the, you know, the and all the prophecies and all the predictions they made and everything that never panned out. But they're the recipients of people being so disgusted and upset and so tortured by the way the world is. They're looking for a way. They're looking for Jesus. And these people are all too happy to welcome them in and to do more movies. There'll be a lot of them now. The recruitment is on. A lot of them seem okay. I mean, in the sense that you know, they're going to be, they're going to be conservative. They're going to be conservative in their behavior. They're not going to get into all kinds of, um, you know, uh, uh, you, you know, debauchery and all that stuff that that the world's in. And they're going to be the alternative. And people are going to come rushing in. They'll rush in there. I'm saved. I got saved in 2023. I got saved. I went and saw that movie. I got saved. <laughs> I went down a local thing and I, I got saved. And they gave me an 800 I got a Bible. I got saved. <laughs> I'm saved. I'm so happy I'm saved. And I, <laughs> we're having big tent revivals, big stadium concerts, and I'm saved. Making big movies and changing the whole world because I'm saved. I got saved. I'm part of the team. I'm on a team now. Team Jesus. I'm saving everything. Everything I see, I save because I'm on team Jesus. I'm saving it. Everything is saved, even that twig out there. We're all saved because I'm saved. And I'm going to make sure the whole world is saved. One big world throttling around and throbbing for Christ. Breathing for Christ. 
<laughs> succeeding for Christ. It's a revival we've never even seen before. What are you eating there? Oh, he's brought in some kind of something frozen, Trish. Okay, well, as I look out the... Okay, enough of that heavy stuff, right? I mean, thank you for indulging me on that rant. I just, you know, people don't know why this stuff is the way it is. They don't know why it's fake. They don't know why there's a problem. They don't know why there's a problem with church. They don't know why any of this. So I explain it every once in a while. And it's really ugly. And it's really awful. It makes me look bad. It makes me look like the one... That, well, they just they jump on me as a scapegoat. Or even having mentioned anything. Oh, yeah, it sounds judgmental here. And then they start quoting all kinds of scripture to get me to shut up. But it's real. I had an example with this guy. Who was he? The fake radio guy. Who was that guy? I forget his name now. Well, they're all fake, pretty much. Anyway... Guy calls up, he goes, I don't understand why they rejected me at church. They reject me at church. I go to church, they reject me, and they're making fun of me, and they're gaslighting me and all this. And I'm, you know, the only peace I have is when I go up in the mountains by myself, and I just get to a nice spot, and I just stare off into God's beauty, and that's really become my church. And the response of the radio pastor <laughs> is what? You need to go to a psychiatrist, he said. Probably never really recommended a psychiatrist any other time in his whole life. But that kid needed a psychiatrist first, see? Something worldly first. I.e., the psychiatrist will conform me. I can't go into it now. I don't have the time to deal with you. Then come back into the church after you've been vetted and you're successful, after you've made that crossover. Well, the crossover is the crossover. The line is the line of death. Death, get it through your head, death, you're dead, dead, you failed, you're dead. Jesus is life. Jesus came for most people that did take that deal and did die, and he came to revive them and bring them into life, but they have to go with him to get there. You don't just give it lip service. There's a change that happens, just like there's a change. When someone joins the world system, they immediately change. It's like where they were, they were rebellious, now they got they cut hair, they got this, they're, you know, they're, they're succeeding in school, they're getting their jobs, you know, everything looks like it's going pretty good. They just can't really talk, talk about it. And then they go to church. Church is all too happy to have them. Very agreeable fellow. He brings in lots of money. Everybody's happy. We don't want to rock the boat. I mean, as long as you're going to do this, I mean, you know, what I would do is if all I wanted was, you know, the material, the experience on earth and the material, and that's it, I'd just go to the B system, sign up, do whatever they told me to do. 
make sure, and then, you know, and then climb my way up that ladder and uh, take my place amongst the, uh, the kings of the earth, the princes, the kings, the leaders, the chosen. <laughs> yes. The chosen. The movers and shakers. Um, and if I wanted Jesus, I would say <laughs> exactly what I've said today and follow the Lord because of Jesus is closer to me now than ever before in my life. And then don't don't be surprised if there's persecution. I mean, there's people that just don't, you know, they find out if you're not vaccinated, they, they're going to come, they'll fly three states over to go, you know, to, if they could, to prosecute you for not being, you know what I mean? I mean, that's how crazy people are. They're crazy. And the persecutors are insane. They're not sane. They're trying to defend a system that doesn't work from the first place. It's dead, 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 complete death, nothing but death. And they want to defend that. But there's nothing there to defend because it's already dead. So they bring Jesus into the mix without repentance, without them repenting. It becomes this perfect shelter. They don't really have to change. They just give lip service to Jesus. And that's how it goes. It actually takes a person having some wisdom to figure that out. You know, or life experience to where they finally start seeing a pattern and they go, oh, oh, gee, that's awful. Otherwise, they won't figure it out. Most people are just monkey see, monkey do. It worked for Uncle Ted over there, it worked for me. You know, and that's, that's, that's how they, you know, exist. Um, I actually... I'm so completely disgusted over the whole thing, but I just, uh, now that we're coming up on, a, you know, Easter and high holy days or holy days, Passover, and these various, you know, um, were involved in, you know, some asceticism, some people. I suppose uh, this is the time to have this. I hate the discussion. I, I, you know, for me, it was like I was, you know, I don't take it out of this whole argument for most of my life, so I never really had to deal with it until later on. But, yeah, there are people, though, they'll try to hurt you. And you say, why? Well, say, well, because you're hurtable. You're hurtable. 
I think that'll do it for today. I'm just really... Oh, man. I did not mean to have it be so heavy today. Sheesh. But you might as well hear it, you know, because they, they're, you know, pushing that whole revival thing. And like I said, it's not revival we need. I think in a sense, it's, it's, we, we need the lack of ignorance about this. Where am I? Where am I? I'm going to... Welcome to your new life. 